Let's go to the Lord for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so now, Father, as we open it, shine your light into our hearts to expose those areas that we need to be challenged and transformed into the image of Jesus. And it's to his glory and in his name that we pray. Amen. This morning, we continue the series Unmasked. In this series, we've looked at how we're coming through the, this COVID situation and that, that things are beginning to open up around us and people are beginning to get out into restaurants and stores more and the society is, is opening up. And so as we unmask physically, we're seeing that God is calling us and speaking into our hearts to unmask spiritually, to, to pull aside those, those things that we hide behind and get honest with him and say, when all this is over, what's, what's my life going to look like on the other side as I turn the page? And what story am I going to tell about how we got through all of this? And this morning, we're going to look for a few moments at the topic of freedom. It seems that a lot of our freedoms have been throttled here lately. But that's a good thing because it's helped keep the spread kind of down into protected people. But I talk to people that feel like, man, I'm so I just restricted. I feel like a prisoner in my own house. I just can't wait for everything to go back to normal, like whatever, whatever that was. And so I believe that, that God is calling us to a new normal, to a new day of freedom in our lives. He wants to set us free from some old patterns, some old ways of thinking and, and some old ways of looking at the world and to set us free to set us free in our consciences from having to live a life of performance, to earn the favor of God and to just rest in his grace. He's calling us to see that life with Jesus is better. But the problem that we face oftentimes is that people don't understand what it, it means to live free in, in Christ. They look at religion, they look at the church, and it's like we've got a branding problem. It's like they look at organized religion, they go, I don't like that. That's all a, just a bunch of lists of thou shalt nots and all of that stuff and just a bunch of rules that and I can't do. And so it's just throttling like the way I want to live. But we have a message that says it's not about rules. It's about a relationship with your Savior, with your Creator who wants to set you free. Freedom, true freedom. Let's talk about it today. It was in 1941, President Roosevelt made a famous speech, and he was talking about our country, and he mentions four freedoms. He says we have the freedom of speech, the freedom to worship. We have the freedom from want and the freedom from fear. And those are great things that we have in our country, but those are, are social freedoms. Those are, are social, and those are awesome to have. And we can think about political freedom also in, in this world that we live in, in this country. If you think back to the 13th century, there was a country before us that declared their independence from England, and it was Scotland. They were in a war with, with England. Scotland was to, to, to win their independence, and the leader of their army was a guy named William Wallace. Maybe you saw the movie Braveheart. He would rally the troops, and he would do inspiring, passionate speeches, and he said, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedoms political freedoms. Jesus has come, though, 
He says, I've come to bring you a different type of freedom in your lives. I've come to set you free from the old ways of, of, of thinking, of fear, of the chains that have held you back. Maybe you've, you've been addicted to something that's got a, a, a handle on you and you're chained to it. And he says, I've come to break that and set you free. I've come to break you free from living a life where you feel like you've got to earn the favor of your heavenly father. Listen to what Paul says about that in Galatians chapter 1. It says, he says to us, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You say, what, is, what does all that mean, a yoke of slavery? Christ has set us free from having to live under the religious system of the Old Testament and all of the laws. And so people were, were in Christ and they were believers, but there were teachers that were saying, no, you've got to still do all of this stuff. And so Paul was saying, don't let someone take you back to that and to put you under this, this yoke of slavery for Christ has set you free in your life. As we talk about freedom, I want you to understand a few things this morning. And the first one is this, is that freedom doesn't come through sin. Sin will only enslave you. In John chapter 8, as we heard Lisa read the gospel just a moment ago, Jesus is there and he's teaching his followers. And in the crowd were some religious leaders of the day of the Jewish culture. And Jesus is speaking and he says this in verse 34, very, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. What does it mean to be a slave? It means that I'm under the control of, of someone else, that I don't have the freedom to just go and, and do what I want to. There was some slaves back in the day that were called indentured servants, that they were indebted to a person where they, were, they had to work off a debt. And so they had no control over their own lives. They're just in slavery. And Jesus makes the comparison that, that sin will entrap and enslave us. Think about sin for a moment, how alluring it is. You know, it, it promises so much. It, it says that if you do this, if you take this, if you will just live in this certain way, just go for it, man, you're going to have ultimate freedom. But like, who wouldn't want to just live fulfilling every desire and appetite of our lives? just to feed our, our passions and just, just to go and live and just have a ball. Isn't that, that great? Isn't that what, what freedom is all about? But people are, are confused because if you live any time at all and you've, you've gotten caught up in sin, you know this, that, that sin starts off kind of fun for a season in the beginning, but ultimately it, it comes up short and, and our soul is not satisfied and it begins to become this game of it takes more and more to satisfy this longing, this craving in me for, for happiness and fulfillment. And it takes more of a substance and, and I build up a resistance and it takes more content over here and it takes more of whatever it is. And so it comes up and it falls flat. You know, I find it interesting that when we were growing up, we went, a lot of us that grew up in church might have gone to Sunday school or confirmation class. And in these, we teach our children the, the truths of the Bible and the, the, the fundamentals of the faith, like the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments. But we never have to 
to have a class on how to get into trouble, right? And we don't have to say, like, here's how to sin more and do more. It just, like, it comes naturally to us. The Bible says that sin, it's just born within us. And that our human nature, it, it says that I don't want to live my life with any constraints. Nobody tell me what to do. Think about this, though, in, in society. If we had ultimate freedom just to do whatever we want to do, like you could go in and take anything you want, and you could just like do anything to somebody in, in violence, and, and there was no consequences. Like If you think about it, like I can just live my life in total freedom. If you play it out to the end, where will you end up? You're going to you're going to end up in jail or in prison, won't you? Like, like there's, like, if you think I'm going to live, it's going to lead you into bondage, into captivity. The Bible says that if we played out the course of, of sin, that eventually it's going to lead to death. It will lead to death either physically, but it more importantly, to spiritually. And we're all stained with the sin. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of his glory. Truth is today about sin, though it's it's what's my response to it and my attitude toward it. Do do I live like Martin Luther teaches to say I'm going to get up and I'm going to live a life of repentance? When I know that I've messed up, I'm going to it breaks my heart and I come back to God and say I'm sorry, Lord, and I want to to get a, a restart. Or do I just live over here, just like living as I please and not even caring about sin in my life and just in continual disobedience? If we live over here in this, this side, we're going to see that our, it's our spiritual arteries begin to, to clog up and we begin to get a, a spiritual heart disease as we begin to just ignore the Holy Spirit and we just live in sin. Here's the truth that I've come to find out is the more that, that you do as you please, the less you're going to be pleased with what you do. People will come to the pastors and they'll say, hey, what about the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments? Like, are we still under that? I thought, like, we're in Jesus now, the New Testament. Do I still have to, to keep all those? Why do we have to do all this? Here's the truth. Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law to do away with what God's asking us to do. He goes, I've come to fulfill it because you couldn't do that perfectly. So why do we have the law now in our lives in the New Testament era? It's for basically two reasons. First of all, it, it shows us how sinful we are. If you look at what God's requirements are in Scripture and you say, here's his standard, and then you compare your life against that, you say, oh, man, I'm coming up way short over here. And, and like, so it points out how we miss the mark. And the second thing that the law does for us, it shows us our need for our Savior, for a Savior, for someone outside of us to, to, to rescue us and to free us because we can't do that all by ourselves. The Apostle Paul teaches about the freedom that we have in Christ in the book of Galatians. And he's, he's warning the churches in Galatia not to abuse that freedom. Listen to what he says in verse 13 of chapter 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. He's warning them. He says, you've been set free in Christ, but don't use that as an opportunity to selfishly serve your flesh. I want you to selflessly serve other people around you. When you begin to, to put your focus on serving people in humility and love, you begin to, to do away with those 
old ways of the flesh and the, the, the pull of that because we're over here serving other people in the name of the Lord with love and humility. And this world needs a lot of that right now, doesn't it? If you turn on the news, you see anger and there's so much hatred in the world right now and, and there's so much there's just vitriol out there on the TVs and the world needs ambassadors of Christ to go forward with the message of love and humility and serve each other rather than serving only ourselves. Next, freedom doesn't come from ourselves for self will only deceive. Self will only deceive you. Jesus in chapter 8, he's there teaching and he, he, he makes these statements and the religious leaders of the day, they respond back to him and listen what they say. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? We've, we've always been free, they said. I find it interesting in, in human nature that if we, we conjure up something and begin to say it over and over enough in our minds that we begin to believe it even if it isn't true. You know, like you start just in like we can deceive ourselves, the Bible says. They were doing that. Jesus was saying, you've been slaves. And they were like, what? We've never been in captivity. And he's like, are you kidding me? Let's go back to like Exodus over here. You were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And then Moses came and led you out to the the promised land, and then you were there for a little while. But then in 722, the Assyrians came, 722 B.C., and they took them into to slavery, and God restored them. But then in 586, the Babylonians came in and, and captured them again. It was the cycle of freedom and captivity, and, and the Assyrians came in. And then when Jesus is talking to them, they're actually under the control of the Roman world right there. They're, they're in slavery, and so Jesus is saying, what are you saying that you've that you're you've never been slaves? Like what what universe are you living in? They had deceived themselves. They, had, they were looking to themselves and their righteousness to say, look at how we observe the laws and we're so religious. And they they were trusting in their abilities to win the approval of God. Why is that such a, a temptation to us? It's because we we live in this culture today that's a reward and a a, a, a payment culture. Think about it. If you go do a day's work, you expect to, to get a wage for that. And so it's, it's, it's hard for us in this mindset to, to think that something is free. Like we think we hear the word grace is a free gift. And we go, wait a second. What? I don't have to do something like this. The where's the catch here. Like this can't be true, but he's saying my grace is free and I've come to give it to you and it's not anything that you can do on your own i'm going to give it to you and so jesus is confronting these religious leaders in this passage of scripture and to summarize it he said if god were your father you would love me but your father you serve is the devil wow he got right in their face in their grill and he said he he was direct frank and on a basis he said you serve the devil you were deceiving yourselves. And, and so before we just, we, we pile on these guys and like condemn them, let's take a, a look at ourselves and our, our own lives is, and how smug and self-righteous we get sometimes. And we, we think we're, we, we've got it all under control. Nothing has got a hold on me. Nothing's controlling me. I could quit that anytime I want. I could stop. I don't need like this thing. But it, we're deceiving ourselves because temptation it has come and it's got a hold on us. 
that we can't break ourselves. In the 14th century, there was a duke named Renaud, and he was lived over in where's modern-day Belgium. And this guy, Renaud, he was this rotund, this, this guy, he was like real obese dude. And he was there, and his younger brother one day decided he's going to do a revolt and overthrow Renaud. So he gets some men together. They go, and they capture this, this duke, the big guy, and they put him in this this jail jail area, and they begin to build a cell around him. And what they did was they there was no door on this this cell, and there was no bars on the windows. His younger brother said to him, he said, Duke, you can leave here anytime you want to. But here's what the dilemma was. With, with the doors were made just narrow enough for this big guy. He couldn't get through there. And every day, his brother would send over just plate loads of delectable dishes and, and candies and, the, and just all these temptations. And so for 10 years, the Duke sat there and just ate. He couldn't overcome this. And here was the truth that freedom was right in front of him. And he could have walked out. How many times do we have freedom right in front of us and we stay locked up? We, we just keep giving in to temptation and we feel powerless to overcome this grip that is on our lives. We trust in our own strength. Many times we also trust in our own intellect. And we think that knowledge is the is going to set me free. Like a lot of, if you go to a lot of Ivy League schools, you walk up to the big buildings and carved there in stone is a truth will set you free. And it's not that Jesus will set you free. It's this idea that, that the more knowledge you have, you, you can you can just save yourself from like the, that knowledge is, the, is power. And that's great. And I think that studying and education is incredible. But listen to what Jesus warns in John chapter 5 to the religious leaders. He says, you guys study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. Jesus said, it's great that you study the scriptures. It's great that you have knowledge of me. But the demons have knowledge of me, and they, they don't have eternal life. It's that you don't have a relationship. He's saying, the Holy Spirit is coming, and he's stirring, and he's creating faith in you. And he's saying, I want a relationship with you. It's not just about yourself and about your knowledge that's going to save you. Jesus says, it's a relationship with me. It's not about how good I can act. He, Jesus looked at these scribes and the Pharisees of his day. And, he, and, and then he was pointing out their behavior to some other people that were on the scene. And he said, unless your righteousness exceeds what they do, you will never see the kingdom of heaven. And these guys were the smartest, the most knowledgeable, the most holy, the most righteous, and knew how to obey. And Jesus says, unless you exceed them, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And so I can imagine the people were there, and they were just filled with hopelessness. And they were like, I, I, I can never do that. And Jesus looked right at them, and he's like, exactly, exactly. You can never do it. And that's why I came, because I can do what you can't do for yourself. Freedom will never come from ourselves, for ourself will only deceive. We'll tell ourselves all the time that, that we're free when we're really caught up and we're, we're bound up. The last truth is that freedom comes from Jesus and that life with Jesus is better. 
Listen to what Jesus, how he finishes this verse in chapter 8, beginning in 34. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And I want us to finish this verse together right here and read it out loud. It says this, so if the son sets you free, you will be what? Free indeed. Free indeed. This verse was written by the one who wrote the law with one finger, and he wrote grace with two hands. And Jesus comes today, and he says, I can do for you what you can't do for yourself. I can do for you what religion can't do for you, what your, your money can't do, what your education can't do for you. I've come to set you free, and he longs to set you free, and he has the power to set you free. It was the summer of 1987, and I was in between my junior year of high school and my senior year. At the end of this school year, I tried out for cheerleader, and I made it. It was fun. I was, like, tumbling and doing it, like, hanging with this new crowd of friends. I had grown up in the church and in, in a Christian home, and, man, I was, like, going to Bible study with my friends here. But then I started getting caught up in this crowd over here, and I thought, man, this is cool. I'm going to, like, I'm going to these parties, like, like underage drinking and just getting into this scene. But then as time was going on, I began to feel a conflict inside of me. I'm living this, this double life existence, and it, it was the Holy Spirit was beginning to work in my heart. We went on a mission trip with my youth group down to South Texas, and we would do these concerts and sing. And I remember all through this concert one night, the Holy Spirit was just saying, what are you doing, dude? Like, you're, you're, are you going to go back to the to the school in the fall and like what's going to happen when your worlds collide and and like what kind of witness are you and I just was coming crashing and I just I felt the weight and and my best friend Clint who's now a pastor down in Houston he was on the trip he was in high school with me he could read my face and knew I was dealing with this he came up after the, the thing was over and he put his arm around my shoulder and he said hey man it's time to come home and right there in that moment The Holy Spirit crashed into my heart. It it crashed into me, and I just began to weep. And we sat down on the front pew together, and he put his arm around me. He said, let's pray. And I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I've been getting over here, and I know this isn't how you want me to live, and I need you to set me free. And this freedom wave came over me that I was honest before the Lord, and he set me on a new path. And I went back to school that next fall to be a witness for the Lord, and it changed my life. Maybe today God is calling you out of something that has it's been a bondage and it's chaining you back to a life that God doesn't want you to be in and he wants to bring you freedom in your life today. I I declare that in this room there is one person that is going to be changed today as the Holy Spirit is moving across your life, releasing you from an old prejudice or an old thing that has held you back, an addiction, and that you're going to be free and we want to help you. I want to challenge you to do something this week. And the first thing that I want you to to understand is that Jesus Christ, he is, his mission statement has, he has come to, to set people free. Listen to what he says about himself in Luke chapter 18, chapter four, verse 18. He is quoting Isaiah chapter 61 as Jesus talks about the mission and why he came to this planet. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. And to look at this, set the oppressed free. 
Maybe you've been living under oppression too long and it's a new day for you. The Holy Spirit is moving and stirring in your heart. He's drawing you today into a new beginning. And so now the challenge that I have for you is this, to today acknowledge your change and to seek help. Maybe the first step is just to say, you know what? You're right, Lord. I've got to acknowledge this and I can't get free of this by myself. I want to encourage you, if you're in a situation where you need some help, to call the church office, call one of us pastors or send us an email. We've got resources of counselors and places that we can get you to that are going to help you get the tools that you need to, to get free from some things in your life. Don't be afraid. Seek help. Let us help you. The Lord wants to change your life. And the last thing, that maybe you already are living in freedom and you're like, I know the Lord and I'm just, everything's great. It's time for you to go out and spread the news that life with Jesus is better. Spread the word, spread the news. It was September of 1862 when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. It was this declaration that all the slaves in America would now be free. And this was September. And so it said that in January, coming up in a few months of 1863, that that this would take place. And so there was a time when the government began to print pamphlets and and get the word out to these people that, that you are free now. January came. A year went by. Two years went by, and and they found that that there were still slaves that were living in slavery under their masters. Why? Because they never got the pamphlet. They never got the word. Nobody ever told them. They had been granted freedom, but they stayed in slavery because they didn't hear the word. There are people out in the world right now dying without Jesus. They're living in slavery bondage to in their lives and jesus says i have come and 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 i've I've brought freedom and now he's sending you and me to be that one to take that great news out and say you don't have to live like that anymore you don't have to live in bondage and chains anymore i've come and i'm setting you free oh church the son has set you free go now and live free indeed to god be the glory amen